more of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Dale Lippin in here with the flying Hawaiian himself, Trey Van Buskirk, the second time back to back live episodes. Here we are. Look, man, I'm so excited to get into this card. But first, before we do anything, you text me before we started and say, well, introduce me and then shut up. So here I am. I introduced you. Hi, Trey. Now I'm going to shut up. <laughs> There's there's moments in life where you just can't wear the 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 burden or your weight on your shoulders anymore. You kind of just have to let it go. And like you said, Trey, let yourself fly. I'm gonna fly for a second if you don't mind. Fly away, peacock, fly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna get right into it. So, okay. I feel like because we have this platform, it's it's not always just rainbows and butterflies. Yes, it's been rainbows and butterflies over the past two weeks. What? We've gone 16 and four in two events. Mm -hmm. My Dallas Stars, they're heading to the Stanley Cup. No biggie. Not right. a big deal. But I'm sure everyone saw on Sunday the report that came out stating that Conor McGregor had been arrested again. He was arrested, detained, and then released following what looks to be potential lewd acts in a restaurant bar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I know this is going to be tough for you to swallow. I know you're a huge Connor fan, so I'm, I'm just going to go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Let it out. All right. Following that, as it is with any high profile star, assumptions were made. Reports were published. The trolls leave their mom's basement and the ridicule begins. So now those that those reports were published to today, you can only imagine the influx of tweets, the comments, the blogs, the et cetera, that Connor's received. Now, whether that's in association to the incident that hasn't truly been actualized yet, it's still to be known. Connor's managers come out and said verbatim, I am irate and I'm putting out a warning loud and clear. Connor McGregor is not and will not be a target for those seeking to score a headline or a payday. Mm. Okay, so why am I saying this or why am I recounting it? I mean, sure. Is Connor McGregor a guy that throws a pebble in the, the sea of media and it turns into a rogue wave or huge tidal wave, the gnarliest thing on the planet? Yes, but I think what followed it was kind of dark and it's kind of worth talking about for a second. Following the incident, we got a series of tweets that Connor actually published and then obviously deleted, which I never understand. Of course, people are going to screenshot that and share it to the masses. His tweet said, I can't go on like this, man. I'm crushed. That tweet was in response to a BBC Sport article uh, that was posted and labeled the Dublin native as English. A user then responded to that story saying they can have him. The BBC is correct. Conor McGregor is English. Conor then penned that tweet saying that he was crushed after following back to that Twitter user with another one advocating for that user who was a suicide prevention, I guess, advocate. He said, suicide intervention, yet you're ridiculing me in this manner online at this horrendous time in my life. I'm trying to stay strong for my kids and the people that rely on me and that the love that support me. Thanks for the insults, hypocrite. Now, some of you that are listening to this right now are probably saying, Trey, that's typical for someone who has guilt to try and seek comfort and sorrow, right? Well, today he came out, obviously, on Tuesday, September 19th, and said, 
I would never kill myself, no matter how many wish that, be it baby father claims, rape, indecent exposure, bullshit, WhatsApp groups, you fucking name it. I will never fold. The truth is the truth, and it gives me wings. He goes on to say that the truth will always set him free and so forth. So here's what I'm saying about this, and I apologize for making this obviously longer than it needs to be, but you know, there's a typical ebb and flow with someone who's kind of lost. They say a statement, they retract them. And then they republish them in a more political sense. People have continuously said that 2020 is the worst year ever. I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about the erosion of what it is to actually be a human being. Mm. We don't face our issues anymore. We, we record them on our phone. Mm. We don't ask to lend a hand to someone in need. We ridicule and berate them. At what point in our society did we decide that the only way to stand tall is to knock someone down? So for those listening to this podcast, we always keep it super upbeat, but I want to give a call to action to everyone out there. You'll never hear me get preachy, but enough's enough. Quarantine has been extremely hard. I mean, it has for me. I mean, I haven't gone to jujitsu since, since March, but people have lost their jobs. They've lost the sense of human interaction. And as it relates to MMA, you've lost your training partner and if you lost, you've lost your friends. You've lost the removal of an outlet. Uh, there's an unwavering financial pressure out there. And of course, that just the thought of everything unknown is super daunting. So there is one thing that we can do, and it's really, really simple. And I'm really asking everyone to do this is ask that person who may seem a little bit more quiet out there, who looks outright down if they, they feel all right and take it one step further. And this sounds so crazy hard, right? Ask them that, Hey, you know, I'm here to talk. How tough is that? We need to build each other up. We need to stop being so sensitive, confront our problems, stand tall in adversity rather than hiding behind a rock, holding your iPhone out and then trying to record something. The guys that we do this whole show about and the, the guys that we bet on and we watch for pure entertainment, they're modern day gladiators. And we take that for granted. All we are is a bunch of people walking in the street, trying to build a happy life with the same parameters as everyone else. So, this society that has become so sensitive and trolling and unnecessary opinions has fully eroded the pride of who we are, what our founding fathers have put forth and what our fathers have actually just taught us. I don't know what's going to come of Connor's whole stint, uh, but given his grave comments, like clearly there's something there. It might be a cry for help. Um, utilize that as a foundation. Seek out those who might need help in your own circle or your own community. Um, stop being a shitbag troll. <laughs> <laughs> if Anyone you that builds if something, you yeah. One. Anyone that's building something, trying to maintain something or trying to hold on to something, support them and ask the, ask to help grow the fuck up. We can all do this. End of my rant. End of your rant. Okay. Outstanding. Um, I thought, I thought that was gonna, I thought you were going to transition to an ad read for me there, but, uh, you didn't. So <laughs> that's okay. No, it needed to be said, man. It's, it's enough's enough. I mean, we're almost, we're three months left to the end of 2020 and nothing's changed. So let's just, let's make a new stand. Let's move forward on top of obviously making a ton of money on this podcast. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, there is no smooth transition into that. So I'll just go ahead and transition into it anyway, guys, listen, uh, you hear me say it all the time. I'm going to say it one more time. Uh, you know, stayclassymeats.com, best meat on the planet earth. Uh, it's the best kept secret out there. I, I say it week in and week out and that's because it's the truth. Um, recently got to sit down and talk with Scott, our, you know, our contact at stay classy. He let us know that they've got in, uh, from, you know, they've, they've got meat coming in right now from a local ranch called Carter country meats, uh, the best beef that they've ever seen come across their cutting table. It's absolutely fantastic stuff. So, uh, if you want to get in on the best meat, 
that they've ever seen from a from people that do meet and they do it damn well. Go to stayclassymeets.com. Use promo code FIST. Save yourself 10%. Trey, I'm just going to – you don't even need to transition. I'm just going to let you know. Here's your transition right here. This mm-hmm. is your transition. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the people yeah. that, that aren't watching live, what am I doing? Well, if people aren't watching live, they would for sure watch what happened on Friday where Taylor Tombstone Johnson, nice little heel hook. Let's go. Mm, let's go. Guys, Allegiance Clothing, um, massive partner of the show, um, you know, introduced us to Taylor. And if you didn't see on Friday him submitting Ed Ruth on the main card of Bellator 245, you completely missed it. He rocked. That walkout shirt, as well as the Mike logo on his shorts, out of the octagon, won the fight, did a full press conference with that shirt on. Guys, outside of that shirt just being the coolest shit on the planet, you can get as many cool shirts and shorts and any type of accessory you want through AllegianceClothing.com. Go to AllegianceClothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, you're going to get 15% off site-wide. You can even get masks if you're still wearing masks, by the way. (laughs) Yes. If you're still wearing a mask, you can still get a mask. All right. Let's hop into this thing, dude. Um, I'm glad your rant was about Connor because I had a rant about Connor that was essentially probably going to have me classified into the shitbag troll category mm-hmm, that you went on. So it's a good thing you got ahead of that one. You got ahead <laughs> of Steve Eddie because I was ready to go in. I got a spoon. I was getting ready to num, 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 num. I was going to eat know. that thing up. Stop being your tracks, dude. I know. I know. That's all right. All right. So let's get into it, man. Uh, this this card far and away is probably the most pay-per-view worthy fight night that we have uh, or we've had so far yet. Yeah, UFC in Vegas 11 uh, taking place in the Apex Center this Saturday night. Let's kick things off on this main card, dude. Kevin Holland, 18 and 5, taking on Darren the Dentist Stewart at 12 and 5. Oh boy, Kevin Holland minus 250 favorite. Darren Stewart plus 200. Darren Stewart coming off a big win. Kevin Holland, you know, has been absolutely crushing everything in the UFC since the loss to who was that? Tiago Santos, I believe. Um, he's looked absolutely unstoppable. This is a contrast in styles right here, man. Kevin Holland, long rangey, wants to extend the fight, punish you, talks the whole time. Darren Stewart, short little ball of freaking energy that just wants to come out and smash and then get home as fast as he possibly can. What do we think here? I'm kind of leaning towards my man, Kevin Holland at minus 250. I know that's a pretty chalky play, but I still like him in this fight. Yeah, he's a hard guy to bet against. I mean, it's fitting he's on the same card as Donald Cerrone. Um, he's extremely active. The guy fought, what, a month ago. Um, you know, here's the deal. Both guys have got granite in their fists. Uh, both can present that KO power. Um, I got to lean more, though, what happens when you you get clipped. And I think the se- sneaky submissions kind of fall on the side of Kevin Holland. So I really like Kevin Hall in this fight. If he can utilize his striking to set up some of that ground submission, that's going to be pretty well well versed for sure. All right, so we're taking Kevin Hall in here. We are unanimous on this pick. Oh yeah, do you want to tell everyone, you know, why you're saying we are unanimous? Oh yes, because we are doing uh Beard versus Hawaiian uh 3.0. So that is happening yet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I do want to say this though. For those that listened last week, I I sent all of my picks to Dale in a text message. Dale chose to not do that again. This is the second week of him not putting his cards on the table, him not being transparent. Sneaky little bastard. You know what? To be honest with you, if full disclosure, there is no dubious nature to that whatsoever, other than the fact that I've been busy at work both of those days and I just forgot about it until right now when you said something. Uh, Normally, I would say you're absolutely right. Normally, I would send something back to you. 
Uh, but that was not the case. There was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing dubious. I swear. All right, let's keep things moving. Mackenzie Dern, eight and one, taking on Random Marcos at ten, eight and one. Uh, look, man, you know Mackenzie Dern is a sizable favorite here, and justifiably so. Uh, minus one sixty, Random Marcos at plus one forty. Look, man, you know these are both ladies that have like a little bit of a contingent of uh, fanboy simp followers here. You know, I'm not going to, I don't want to name names because he's going to be joining us later on uh, in our broadcast here, but there is a guy that's joining us on our broadcast that feels a certain type of way about a certain redheaded lady that's fighting in this fight, i.e. Random Marcos. Uh, but Mackenzie Durham minus 160 plus uh, versus Random Marcos plus 140. I know you're the jujitsu guy. I feel like I know where you're going ahead of time here, but fill me in on the particulars, please. Particulars, okay, there's a couple things that freaked me out about Mackenzie Dern. Her last fight kind of fell under her lap. I say that because her last fight against Hannah Cyphers, she didn't do what we wanted her to do. We wanted her to shoot for a double, get the thing down on the ground, not take damage and get out the door, right? She didn't do that. She decided to throw her hands, and she does not have the hands. She doesn't have the technical striking. She didn't have the foundation by any means to even decide to do that. So I think we, we've seen her recently. She's been training at Ruka headquarters. She's been with Jason Prio. She's been really, really working on her striking. If she can go into this fight and utilize her striking to set up her groundwork, then Mackenzie Dern is going to be a huge, huge impact in the strawweight division. The question is, is she going to do it? Everyone gets just this overarching sense when they get one clip that they're a striker. And Mackenzie's had a couple clips here and there. I just hope she doesn't think that she's this amazing striker now let's go back to the basics let's get the submission let's get out okay so we're, you're taking her over random marcos though there is just no way granted random marcos has a more experience she's got 14 fights but <laughs> unless the fight iq is so vastly different which i don't really think it is i think random marcos is a vet but i don't think that the iq is off the chart i don't think there's any way she could get this done well here's the thing so i Oh gosh, not to be corrective. Random Marcos has 19 fights, not 14, but that's okay. That, that, that 14 in the UFC? Are we going just UFC fights? We're talking about total fights. You just said fights. I just I'm not know. talking about backyard brawls. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sanctioned professional MMA bouts. I'm talking about the UFC. Okay, so anything outside the UFC. Well, I'm going to have to adjust my knowledge base then based on <laughs> UFC record and not total MMA record, but it is what it is. I digress. Here's the thing. I normally... Uh, go against you on these types of things, right? I, I would go with a wrestler over a jujitsu person. Nine times out of 10, you know I love my wrestlers. I, I, I tend to poop on the jujitsu players from time to time. But here's the thing. I don't think that Mackenzie Dern is so much, you know, that she's that much better than Random Marcos. I just don't know if Random Marcos is really all that good anymore. Um, not to say that she ever was, but we've had a decent enough snapshot of her and her skill set to see what she's capable of. And what we know that she's capable of in this fight is she could very well take Mackenzie Dern down, gas her out, and then get the win. But the reason or how she gets that done has to be in rounds two or round three because round one is going to belong to Mackenzie Dern. And if she can get a hold of Random Marcos while they're dry, she's going to tap her out couple different things that random Marcos does wrong, which we see with wrestlers. They plant whenever they're transitioning. They love to throw arms out and really plant up to try to posture up. They leave legs out exposed. They're not really particularly great in disadvantageous positions. Mackenzie Dern, two-time black belt world champion in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you cannot make those mistakes against. The way that random Marcos can win this fight, though, is if she drags it out into the second and third round because... Mackenzie Dern fell in love with her hands, like you said. 
But there's a difference between standing with someone like Hannah Cyphers and standing with somebody like Random Marcos. Random Marcos doesn't necessarily have that power, but she's not going to stand there and trade with you. She's going to take you down. She's not going to let you play that game. So if Mackenzie Dern cannot get it done in round one, it's Random Marcos in round two or round three or possibly by decision. I, I think Mackenzie Dern has one round to get it done, maybe one and a half outside of that. Mm. So uh, I'm going to suggest a, uh, a for me anyway, because women's MMA is a slight toss up. I'm going to go random Marcos here. Oh, whoa. Okay. That was a lot of, a lot of rhetoric to pick random Marcos at the end of that. Okay. Um, I just like to throw you off a little bit, but no, yeah, I geez. listen, here's the thing is I, I think Mackenzie Dern more than likely is going to win this fight. I'm not, I'm, make no mistake about that. Right. Um, I, I think that Mackenzie Dern is probably going to win this fight. However, if I'm looking at betting value and the particular opportunity to win a fight, I think that Random Marcos has a better than average chance to win this fight. And if I'm going to bet on women's MMA, which full disclosure, you know, I don't do, uh, I would bet on Random Marcos here or an over one and a half, because I do believe uh, that it's going to be either one and a half or two and a half, more than likely one and a half because of Mackenzie Dern's submission skills. I'd go over one and a half. Or random Marcos, but for the sake of me versus you, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna be wild, play devil's advocate. I'm going random Marcos. Yeah, I just hope Mackenzie Dern actually makes weight. Let's start at phase one. That's the other thing too; is she has to make weight. That's a, that's another key component to that fight is she has got to make the weight. All right, man, let's keep things moving because we have a huge card this week. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan Spann at 18 and five taking on Johnny Walker at 17 and five. Look, man. Uh, you, hype train extraordinaire, right? We're back to the hype train thing. Johnny Walker minus 125, Ryan Spann minus 105. I'm going to head first on this one. I like Ryan Spann. I think Johnny Walker's washed. I think that we saw the best of him whenever people didn't know what they were doing with him. But now that the recipe is out there to beat this dude, a guy that's composed and has won eight fights in a row like Ryan Spann is going to come in. He's going to weather the storm. He's going to shell when he needs to shell. He's going to counter when he needs to counter. Johnny Walker presents nothing on the ground. He presents nothing standing up past one round. It's over with Ryan Spann inside the distance, but at least Ryan Spann. Yeah, that's probably the conservative pick for sure. I feel like sometimes I, I get my emotions into it, man. My emotions are in it. And yep. uh, uh, it's it, it's that what if moment. It's the same thing we talked about with the Robbie, Robbie Lawler fight. Is Johnny Walker the much more athletic person? Absolutely. Yeah, Johnny sure. Walker is going to come in there, and I think we're all a little bit. Uh, our minds are a little bit tainted. We remember the 2018 KO of Khalil Roundtree. Um, we remember uh, the Justin Ledet spinning back fist. We remember the Circonov flying knee. I mean, the guy's just got tricks upon tricks upon tricks. But yeah, we've seen his cardio deplete after round one exponentially. Um, we haven't seen him really utilize any groundwork. I don't think he really has any. So we're really relying on his athleticism, and I think that's a really scary thing to do. The thought would be, yes, as it gets into the later rounds, Ryan Spam would be the more conservative pick. The thing is, with his bouncing around at different camps from Faraz Zavi to, I believe he has John Cavanaugh on his corner, he's picking up bits and pieces from a bunch of different camps. And I think there's got to be a central theme, which is, dude, get on the fucking treadmill. Let's get that cardio up. Let's at least learn what it's going to be like in the rounds two and three. I think his cardio is going to be a little bit better. You're right. Ryan Spam's going to pose a threat on the ground. But I think that first round is critical. If Ryan Span can deal with the onslaught and not get clipped, then it should go Ryan Span's way. I'm going with Johnny Walker. You know, fool me once, fool me twice. I'm going to see if he can fool me three times. But I like Johnny Walker in this fight. 
I think, listen, I think that's fair. I'm a, I'm a big fan. You know, I'm superstitious as all get out when it comes to long win streaks and a guy on, and a, as a light heavyweight that has eight is on an eight fight winning streak. That scares me. Um, but he, you know, Ryan Spann has shown himself to be durable. Um, and Johnny Walker has shown himself to kind of be lacking in the heart department. If I'm being honest, I mean, listen, I'm not in there fighting another man. Uh, you know, like you said earlier, modern day gladiator style. Um, I'm not in there fighting him. It's, it's a bold thing to say that a guy's a little soft in the heart department, but we've seen Johnny Walker sort of check out of fights. If he can't get things going his way. Um, he looked incredibly lost whenever he was getting pieced up by Corey Anderson. He did not expect that to happen. So in that regard, I think, you know, there's a little bit of mental softness there. Um, and we see that based on the fact that he feels the need to keep switching camps. He can't just dial in on anywhere. I, I see the, the component where he may be picking things up as he goes, but I see it as a guy that's afraid to commit. And if you're afraid to commit to a coach and a style and, and bettering yourself and, and a team, then I don't know if you're – willing to commit to do what it takes to win inside the octagon when shit ain't going your way. So I'm taking Ryan Spann. All right. Let's keep things moving right along. Hype train from one hype train to another, man. Hazmat Shemaev, 8-0, taking on your boy GM3, Gerard Mearshart at 31-13-0. Look, I'm going to touch on this real quick. You know I love my man Mearshart. Uh, he, he, he's old school immigrant mentality. Um, bearded brethren wears jorts, plays a saxophone, a wealth of experience. We're talking about a guy with almost 50 professional uh, mixed martial arts fight. He's taken on the Caucasus Mountain Warrior himself and Hazmat Shemaev. There's a couple different things I want to say about this fight, but I'd like to get your take on it because I did, you know, I went first with Ryan Spann. I, I will concede that you can go first this time. Um, that, thanks because <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, I, I know where you're going with this, but I'm shocked because you of all people don't believe in hype trains. You're always saying, you know, prove, prove what you can do first before I get on the train. And I don't think, you know, Shemaev has really proved anything. I mean, he dismantles John, John Phillips on late notice. Then 10 days later, he TKOs rise McKee. Is that a big deal? Those are both prospects and or undercard players. Well, you got Mershart here. Who's an insane vet. He's got 31 wins. Two of those are only two of those have come through decision. I mean, this is a guy that's got great groundwork. Yes. We've seen Shamaya with his crazy judo and kind of the uh, uh, Habib type style, the wet blanket holding you down. But at the end of the day, we haven't seen him progress anything on the ground. Um, we've just seen him maul people and ragdoll prospects around. So I just, I'm a little bit gun shy on this one because I think when you rattle off the people that, you know, Mershot has lost to Tiago Santos, Jack Hermanson, Kevin Holland, Eric Honors, Ian Hines. The level to which these two have played in the circles, if you will, different worlds. So yeah. I'd love to hear your case. I mean, I agree. I mean, he does have a great ground game, but I just. <laughs> I think it's a style thing. Listen, it's not a resume thing. If we go by resume, you're 100% correct. It's a style thing, right? Um, we know that Mearshart is good off of his back. We know that he has decent submissions. We know that he trains out of Rufus Sport, so he's got good hands. There's nothing. I'm not going to knock Mearshart in any way, shape, or form. But I would, I would question the idea, and I would encourage people to go back and look at his fight against Jack Hermanson. Hermanson has a very Hazmat Shemaev style. Uh, you know, not great hands, forward pressure. 
loves to get loves to get you, clinch you, drag you down, make it ugly. And Jack Hermanson versus Gerard Mearshart is a very hazmat Shemaev kind of approach to it. And when we saw how Mearshart, you know, did in that fight, that's what leads me to believe that Shemaev can win this fight. You're right. I don't like hype trains. I usually avoid even betting on hype trains or even against them until I see somebody that I'm really compelled and convinced that they're going to be right. I'm not compelled beyond, you know, comprehension here that Mirshard is going to beat Shemaev at plus 300. He's worth a stab. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worth a stab. I, I'm not, t- I'm not advocating people not bet on Gerard Mirshard here. In fact, at a minus 400, there's no value in betting on Shemaev. Um, Unless you want to throw him in DraftKings, unless you want to put him as p- part of like a heavy parlay, uh, but even then you're not getting that big of a return. The, the the return is not really worth the risk when you're going against or going with a guy like Shemaev. I think that Mearshart can win this fight. I don't necessarily know that he's going to, but I think that he can. Plus three hundred. You know, here's the thing, right? I'm going to separate uh, separation of church and state here. Um, if it's me versus you, Beard versus Hawaiian, I'm taking Shemaev. If it's me sitting here, just hanging out, uh, betting on a Saturday night, I'm probably going to throw a couple couple bills at Gerard Mearshart if I'm feeling good. I got a little extra play money the last two weeks. We've been doing well, so I'm I'm probably going to take a little stab at Mearshart. Reasonable reasonable stab at plus three hundred, but it, it's likely to be honest with you. But me versus you, just to, for the sake of getting the points, I'm going to go with Shemaev. But you know, my bank account or my betting account might see some Mearshart action. What are your thoughts on the UFC already solidifying his fight with Damian Maya? I think it's, it's a no bullshit. Better. I think it's bullshit. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think that it's, it, it, I think it's disrespectful to Mearshart. I understand why he's upset. Um, Dana's desperate for a new star and he's desperate for an active star, active being the key word, right? Khabib's a star. He's not very active. Connor, superstar, not that active. Nobody's really active, right? Um, Amanda Nunes is probably your most active champion. So, you know, that he's desperate. He's really desperate to find somebody that's active and, you know, put ass, puts asses in seats. I don't know if Kaz, or Hazmat Shemaev is that person, but he's going to try to make him be that person, and he's going to force feed him to everybody he possibly can. Listen, I like Shemaev more against Damian Maya than I do against Mearshart. I think he murders Damian Maya because Damian Maya sucks against wrestlers. He sucks. Let's just be honest. We can be honest at this point. The guy's got one fight left. Left. He sucks <laughs> against wrestlers. Against wrestlers. As a, as a mixed martial artist, he's a legend. Against wrestlers, not good. Not good. So, well, speaking of fights that put fans in seats, how's this co-main? Sir? Okay, yo, you want to keep it moving? Let's get off this. Go right into this co-main, dude. Your boy Donald Cowboy Cerrone taking on Nico Price. Cowboy at thirty-six and fifteen. Nico Price at fourteen and four. I got hot takes coming out of my a-hole on this one, dude. So, what do you want to do? You've been talking about this for a while, and I will say to one of your points, one of your superstitions: any fighter that has a kid makes them soft. He did just have a kid. Riot River Cerrone was born a mere what two, three days ago. Yeah. That makes it makes it a tough play. Yeah. So here's the thing. All right. So I'll just go. I'll go in on this then. Yeah. Let's go. Dad Donald is the exception to the rule here. Dad Donald fights better after he has a kid. Dad Donald, after Danger was born, was the one that got the title shot again. Remember that was the that was Dad Donald. Um, he came back and he was ready to rock and roll. You know, he was rejuvenated uh, and ready to absolutely crush 
But here's the thing, right? Is that dad Donald is exactly that he's dead ass dad Donald, right? Everything is caught up to him. It's a wrap. I don't necessarily think that we're going to see the end of Donald Cowboy Cerrone as a co-main event on during the COVID era of the UFC, this COVID dark spot, but this is the beginning of the end. It has been for a while. I'm not going to say this is the last time we see Donald Cerrone in the octagon, but if Nico Price goes out there and has a Nico Price fight and he fucks up Donald Cerrone the way he can and put like actually genuinely hurts him, it might be the last time we see Donald Cowboy Cerrone in the octagon. But I don't think that Donald's going to do that. I do believe that he's going to want a Vegas-style send-off against a fan-friendly fight. I like Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Dan Hardy sometime around January after Nico Price fucking starches him on Saturday night. Nico Price. Wow. Okay. (sighs) Man, this is a tough one because I feel like from a fight IQ perspective, Cowboy could get this done. If he does not engage, I think everyone is, uh, they're just salivating from their mat, uh, from their mouths. Cause all they want to see is that Randy Brown on his back, hammer fist KO, like back in the day, I think <sighs> Cowboys last one was in May of 2019 over raging Al. I mean, you got to look at his fights though. He's had, he's had Gaethje, he's had Ferguson, he's had McGregor. He's fought like the cream of the crop and people can make the case that he beat Anthony Pettis. Right. So but that's also what an eroding Anthony Pettis back in the type of dad type days as well. Yeah. 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 So I think that the hybrid is a crazy person to bet on because I mean, crazy in a, in a smart way. Cause this guy's an absolute psychopath. He takes 10 punches to give one. And when he gives that one, it's super, super devastating. Um, I think he's just tough from all angles. Cowboy, if he fights smart and he's able to slip in with a jab and kind of move around the cage and utilize footwork and win on points, he has a chance. But I think that the engagement that Nico Price is going to bring, that head first, like 10 to 1 ratio, there's just no way he's going to escape that. He's going to get clipped. I would agree with you. I mean, I I really would agree with you. It's a smaller cage. Donald needs room to work. He needs time. He needs to get into a groove of a fight. My only concern with Nico Price is, right, this is my big concern with Nico in this fight, is that he'll be too nice, that Mm. he will be too respectful to Cowboy. Cowboy is really good at whenever he's fighting fan-friendly fighters at getting them like, yeah, it's going to be a war, right? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really going to go after it. We're really going to go for the bonus and blah, blah, blah. And they go out there and everybody's really cordial to one another. And, yeah. and when you allow Donald to get into the rhythm of a fight, that's when you can make mistakes. That's when you can get caught. But he looks so stiff in his last – he looked stiff in the Pettis fight. He looked stiff yeah. in the – the Connor fight. He looks, I mean, he literally has not looked the same in a long time. And a guy like Nico price who has weird unorthodox, I don't know, man, I don't even want to call it Southern strength. Cause I don't even know what he is, man, but just that weird, we're not that far descended from monkeys kind of strength. I mean, that dude is wild looking the, the physique, like nobody else. The dude is like torsos this big with arms that are 85 inch long. Like he's just, yeah. he's wild looking, man. And he's got a gang of kids. He got a gang of kids. Nico price got like six kids. So he's hybrid man, you know, he's, he's hybrid. Hybrid. yeah, he's a hybrid. He's a hybridly breeding those kids in friggin' chambers underneath his house, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> test tube babies man golly all right man let's get on 
main event of the evening, dude. This is the fight I wanted two years ago, but we're gonna get it now. Colby Covington at 15 and two, Tyron Woodley at 19, 5 and 1. The main event of the evening. Boy, nothing but feelings attached to this one. Nothing but feelings attached to this one. You know I'm leaning Colby all day. Um, he's a minus 350 against Tyron Woodley, plus 275. Trey, I've lost so much money betting on Tyron Woodley. Should I bet on Tyron Woodley here? Is it worth the 275 stab? I think we should bet if this fight goes through. This is part of that card that we keep talking about, right? This is the Ferguson, Khabib. This mm. is the um, – who else is on our favorite card that's never happened? Uh, um, Kutalaba and Ankalov. Yeah. Dude, let's talk about this. UFC 219, Woodley goes after Nate Diaz, declines the Colby fight. UFC 225, Woodley just declines the fight against Colby, and Colby goes on to win the interim belt. UFC 228, Colby actually declines the fight because he opts to get nasal surgery instead. This is the fourth time they've tried to put this fight together. Now, pre, please, 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 COVID gods, do not pull up any, any positive tests. This one needs to go through because the time is now. It's to your point. Should you put money on Woodley? No. The lack of heart, the erosion we've seen. Everyone wants to talk about, let your hands go, Tyron. Let your hands go. It's hard to let your hands go when you're predominantly a counter puncher. Colby is a guy that works off volume. And while his punches don't really have a devastating fashion to them, the volume, the output he puts on throws you off your rhythm. And if you're a predominantly a counter striker, how are you going to get any formation of rhythm when you have someone pressing you hard and pressing you repeatedly with punches and punches and punches? I think you got two different strikers here. Let your hands go, Tyron Woodley, but he throws one and tries to land one. Colby throws a hundred and lands a hundred. I think this is a tough fight from standing. Colby's not going to try and wrestle him. These guys are both wrestlers. I think he's going to faint the wrestling, but this is going to be a standing fight. And I think at the end of the day, he's going to get pieced up because of the volume that's going to be put in front of him. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that Colby is going to wrestle Tyron. What you think they're going to go? Really? Because if, if I'm looking at, so the thing with Colby, right. Is Colby, despite the fact that it, it appears that he's not very intelligent is actually very, very uh, good. Uh, what? He's, he's intelligent. I'm not saying he's, I'm saying he, he looks as though he's unintelligent. Oh, like okay. physically you look at him. He's got, you're telling me a guy wears those type of suits is not intelligent. Well, I'm saying like that. I'm saying that he has like the small inset eyes and the little thin nose. Oh, okay. It looks like, it looks like, you know, somebody drew, it was just like a, a, a sketch on the back of a menu that came back, you know, came to life as well. Cosmetically unintelligent. Right. He just look, yeah, viscerally, visually, he just does not appear intelligent. However, uh, he is very good though at getting under people's skin. Uh, and he, he's very good at the, at the verbal warfare, the verbal judo, if you will, of a, of an altercation. And he has got Woodley so messed up. Right, that, and to the point of the comment that was that would that showed up on the screen here, he's got Woodley so turned around that Woodley's training with Jorge Masvidal. So, do I think that him training with Masvidal makes a difference? No, I don't think it does. No. I think you literally have a dog eating its own tail because it thinks that it's hungry and it doesn't realize it's hurting itself. That's how spun up <laughs> Colby has Tyron Woodley. Now, how can he humiliate him the most? He can out wrestle him. If he goes out there and he just beats him up, Gilbert Burns just did that. 
Kamara Usman just did that, right? That, mm-hmm. We've seen that. That doesn't really do anything. But if Colby Covington goes out there and just wrestle Fox. I just don't see that. I don't see – listen, and just does it. And in the process, exhaust Tyron Woodley and makes him quit. Like if he can make him quit, like a like a Khabib style, wrestle you till you quit, make him quit. That's oh, what that's what that, I think Colby wants to do. That's been the logic too, though, and that's why he hasn't thrown his hands. Everyone's been talking about throwing his hands. His hesitancy towards that is that he knows he's going to gas himself. He's he knows he's not the cardio he was three years ago. For him to throw hands, he's going to deplete the tank wrestling oh my gosh you think throwing hands is a lot wrestling is just going to take the tank on e your reserve tank's gone you're dead i don't think that colby's going to do that though because tyron is for sure going to come in the bigger dude that's a lot of man to wrestle yeah okay listen i i'm not i'm no, not i'd a, love to see it i'd love to right, see it i mean right. that would be humiliating to the biggest extent absolutely yeah, no, you're, 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 I think I, I just think Colby's going to find a way to humiliate him. He's going to find a way oh, yeah. to humiliate him. He's already, you know, they're doing this fight a, 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 an injustice, a grave injustice by not allowing there to be press conferences prior to. I really, it really bums me out that we're not getting that. I know. Um, I really want the pay-per-view build up. I want the Vegas crowd for this. My concern, my only concern with Covington here is that he'll want it too bad. And with that, he he'll come in and he won't be re- like he he'll make a mental mistake. And for whatever reason, Tyron will summon some sort of bullshit right hand that he's had <laughs> previously, and he'll knock out Colby because we haven't seen Colby since the Usman fight. We don't know if that took any any years off his life or not. So it is what it is, man. Um, all right, so running through this main card real quick because we're gonna take a, a, a brief little intermission with before we go into the to the the prelims from top to bottom kevin holland versus darren stewart who do you have kevin holland mackenzie dern versus random marcos mackenzie dern and i'm going random marcos there uh ryan span versus johnny walker gonna take johnny walker and i'm going ryan span hazmat shamaya versus gerard mearshart i'm gonna take shamayev i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna take on the train Sh- but i'm taking him I'm going to take Shemayev too, but I am going to bet on Mearshart because I love plus 300 and I, I have to play those odds. Cowboy Cerrone versus Nico Price. Nico Price. All right, I'm taking Nico as well. And then Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. Chaos Covington. Chaos Covington. All right, guys. We do want to switch things up just a little bit here. Uh, NFL season is back. Uh, so we do want to bring on probably the greatest handicapper you've never heard of. Um, and maybe you have heard of him. I don't, I don't know. It depends on how, you know, how long you've been following the, uh, the Genesis of this show, but we are going to bring him on. Uh, you know, he, he put a title on here. I don't necessarily agree with it, but we are going to bring him on. Uh, you know, definitely, definitely the greatest, uh, handicapper I know when it comes to football and your beard looks good. Ooh, he definitely looks good. Um, he put you. the he put the profit for those that are listening uh, and not seeing, but uh, he goes by the other another handle as soup, as in the kind of stuff you eat with a spoon. Soup, great to have you on the show, man. Let's talk about some of these NFL plays and what do you have U.S. Open plays for us as well? Correct. Ooh. Yeah, real quick before we get into the NFL, I wanted to touch on something you said earlier. Um, okay. You said Colby Covington does not look intelligent, and he's really good at getting under people's skin. And I just want you to know you two have a lot in common. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's very good. 
Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll let you come on. I just, I, I, you come on the show. The first thing you do is insult. Out for blood. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Right. Well, what are yeah? What are we supposed to do? But yeah, NFL. <laughs> um, what do you? I mean, I've got I've got an under and over favorite and a dog that I like. Uh, pick your poison. What do you want to go with first? This is your moment to shine, man. Run us through it. Okay. Well, uh, so the first one, you know, everybody hates Thursday night football. Um, to make Thursday night football even worse, we have the Browns and the Bengals. And, you know, for the trifecta, we are going to go with the under 44. There's nothing like cheering for an under in football. Uh, it makes the game even worse. But uh, Thursday night football, just some stats for you guys. Uh, a total that has fallen between 40 and 45, the under is 17 and 13. Um, so Nick Chubb only had 10 carries last week. I expect the Browns to run him a lot more, have a more conservative game plan rather than giving the ball to Baker Mayfield, who just looks scared and confused every time he drops back. Um, he did, He looks so good his rookie year, but, God, he's straight trash. Mayfield sucks. Okay. Um, but their new head coach, Kevin Stefanski, uh, he was with Minnesota last year as the offensive coordinator. Ran the ball 49% of the time, fourth highest in the NFL um, they barely ran the ball last week. That had a lot to do with the fact they were behind to the Ravens, but I expect them to run the ball a lot more, which obviously runs the clock. Um, on the other side of the ball, Joe Burrow showed some flashes, but also showed a ton of hesitation. He did go up against the Chargers. The Chargers defense is a lot more stout than the Browns defense, but on a short week, um, he's got what a five, four day turnaround, four day turnaround. I don't see, this is Joe Burrow's NFL coming out party. Um, okay. So we're playing the under on Thursday night. Yes, under 44. Um, if you can get it at 44 and a half, even better. But okay. um, And just uh, sharp money. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know what sharps are, sharps are professional bettors in Vegas. Um, these are the guys that adjust lines. Not so much. Um, these are the guys that adjust lines that come in and lay huge money. And the books take their bets into consideration and alter lines because of them. Um, so sharp money has been coming in on the under. It opened at 46. It's down to 44. So two points is a big jump. Um, but 67% of the bets, so like 60% of the actual number of bets is on the under. And that's accounting for 92% of the money. So that shows you the, the you know, the, um, the value, the large value in the bets that are coming in on the under. Um, then the over I like. I hate doing this. I hate betting on a New England game, but the over I like is the Seattle versus New England Sunday night game. Um, New England's defense, I guess, is overrated. Um, they were on historic pace last year throughout the first 10 games. But they also had played the Jets and the Dolphins and the Browns right. and you know the Bills. And so at the end of the year, they were extremely questionable. Um, they played Miami this week. Miami still sucks. Ryan Fitzpatrick's still their quarterback. Um, so there, you know, there's not a lot to go off of the defense week one. But New England last year against mobile quarterbacks. They let up 37 to Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. They let up 28 to Houston and Deshaun Watson. They let up 31 to Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Um, and they even let up 28 to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who ran for 130 yards on him in week 17. 
Fitz has uh, wheels, though. In, in Fitz defense. does have wheels. He Fitz does. Has wheels. I know he does, and that's what I'm saying. He he falls into that mobile quarterback that they played last year because he did run all over them. Okay. Um, and you put him up against, in my opinion, the most valuable player in the NFL. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's the shiny new toy. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is very good, but Patrick Mahomes also plays in the Andy Reid system, which is, I mean, that it's built for him. It's a, it's a Tom Brady and Belichick system kind of deal. Right. Russell Wilson is unbelievable. Um, what he did this past week against Atlanta, granted Atlanta's defense not very good, but they are healthy for the first time in a long time. And he was like 31 of 34 for 300-something yards and four touchdowns. Um, factor in his legs. I think Russell Wilson, the line's at 45, so we're going over 45. Okay. I don't think a twenty-four to twenty-three game is out of question. I think it's. I think it's. I think. I think one of these teams. I think Cam Newton's going to try and show out this week. Okay. Um, they were really conservative last week. They didn't want to show their hand. Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson. I'll go over forty-five in that. All right. So we got uh, we got under on Thursday night. We got over on the Seattle uh, Patriots game on Sunday night. All right. Well, yep. We got we got one more for us. Two more for us. What else? I got, got one more. Or two more, two more. I got, I got a favorite and then a dog. Uh, my favorite, the Chiefs minus eight versus the Chargers. Okay. They should. I mean, they, they should, should slaughter them. Yeah, Mahomes threw for two hundred and eleven yards, and they still dropped thirty-four points against Houston. Um, Tyrod looked terrible against Cincinnati. Chiefs defense much better than Cincinnati's defense. Um, and he didn't even use his best weapon. Austin Eckler is their best weapon on that offense. He's receiving back out of the backfield. The guy had one target. What's Tyro like? What What is the point of having a guy like that if you're not going to throw him the ball? Um, and my man, the cheeseburger eating walrus, Andy Reid. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the guy is 66 and 44 against the spread on the road in his time in Kansas City. Um, he's four one and one against the spread against Anthony Lynn, the Chargers head coach. And you're giving Andy Reid 10 days to prepare for this game. Um, it's not technically a bye week. Might as well be. Yeah, the extended period of time. You have Andy Reid coming off a bye against the spread on the road, 9-2. and two. He's a beast. The numbers, I mean, the, the, he's an unbelievable coach. He prepares extremely well. I think the Chiefs win this game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win it by 17-plus. I mean, right. this this should be a route. Um, and then we're going to go with our dog. We're going to go with the team that the Chiefs played week one. We're going to go Houston to cover the spread against the Baltimore Ravens. You're wild. Um, okay. I know. Listen, some may call me an idiot for betting against the Ravens, but I'm going to do it. Um, right now, they're sitting at plus seven. If you can get them at plus seven and a half, I would wait because the Ravens are the public's favorite bet. Everybody loves the Ravens. Everybody loves Lamar Jackson. So that line, I think, will only move. Um, I like I like Houston plus seven and a half. Deshaun Watson, 12 and six against the spread as an underdog in his career. And as dumb as he is, as, you know, as big of a joke as Bill O'Brien has been for the past year with his offseason moves, his clock management, everything he has done wrong, he's five and zero oh against the spread after a Thursday night game. So 5-0 and when he has 10 days to prepare. Okay. I like it. Um, 
Deshaun Watson, I think, has a much better game. I think the offensive line, now that they've played a whole game together, they might be a little bit more cohesive of a unit. He won't be running for his life the entire game. Um, so, yeah, so I like Houston plus seven. If you can get him plus seven and a half, like I said, I'd wait on that one for a little bit. I think the line will go up. I like Kansas City minus eight against the Chargers. Uh, the over 45 in the New England game, New England-Seattle. Okay. And under 44 in the uh, – Thursday night game. Thursday night. Jeez. Game. The popping noise. It's probably my dog snoring in the background. Gotcha. So, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a fat slob and he, uh, he, he snores, so – all right, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on. If anybody wants to tell you that your picks are awesome if they or if they suck, uh, is there a place where I can point them? No. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Send all your hate to us and I'll forward it on to you. All right, man. Listen, I appreciate you. Listen, I've got one more for you. I've got you're gonna like this US Open play. Oh, oh. okay. Okay. Hit me with the US Open play. We got fights to get to, man. Well, let's go. Listen, our, Tommy Fleetwood plus oh, okay. 40. Listen, Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood. Plus four thousand. That's forty to one in your money. I love it, Tommy Fleetwood. I love it. It's it's Tommy, Fle- Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, two top five finishes in his last three U.S. Opens. They're playing at Winged Foot, one of the you know notoriously hard uh, hard courses. Um, I like Tommy Fleetwood this weekend. Xander Shoffley at plus fifteen hundred is also a nice play. And if you can find it, the the winner to shoot four under or better is sitting at a plus five hundred. Okay. Four under better at plus 500. These guys are way better than they were back in 2006 when they played at winged foot. The, the caliber of player, the technology, the greens, everything's better. Uh, that's, I think that the odds are ridiculous on that. Love it. All right, man. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll see you probably next week for maybe one or two more plays. All right. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you guys later. All right. See you, man. Thanks. See you. All right, Trey Bambino, you ready to rock and roll? Let's get through these prelims, bro. Let's do it. Let's get through it. Now, here's the thing, right, is that you know as well as I do that I don't normally fade Soup's picks, so I'll probably play all those. Um, I, you know, I don't want to say I'm not particularly wild uh, about that Texans play, but I'm not particularly wild about that Texans play. <laughs> but, but, he's, but the numbers, look, it's, it's about – you know, we talk about betting the numbers. We, we talk about betting the statistics, uh, and the stats are in favor of that pick. So, But let's keep things moving, man. First card on the prelim, we got a ton – dude, this is like – got 10 prelim fights here, so we got to roll through these quick, man. Yeah, let's Miguel, get it. Miguel Baez at 9-0 and taking on Jeremiah Wells. This fight just got announced. Don't see a line for it anywhere, but I like Carmel Thunder. Miguel Baeza coming off a big win against Matt Brown, where admittedly he did not look particularly great up until he knocked Matt Brown out. I think he can get Jeremiah Wells out of there. I like Miguel Baeza here. Yeah, I like Baeza too. Honestly, I didn't even know that that landed on the card yet, so I didn't have two seconds to pull anything together for it. But, yeah, I like Baeza too, as well. Okay. All right. Let's move it on. Tyson Nam at 19 and 11, taking on Jerome Rivera. Jerome Rivera at 10 and 2. Tyson Nam at 19 and 11. Tyson Nam lost five of his last six. The dude, you know, my man is on a struggle bus, but he did get, pick up a big win when he needed it most right before he got cut. Taking on a Jerome Rivera here. Um, you know, I don't necessarily know what your thoughts here. Tyson Nam minus 180. That seems like a real steep price for a guy who, like I said, lost five of his last six. It does. And I think the reason it's that steep is because it's a, you know, short notice fight for Jerome. So I think, you know, 
this is something that uh, Nam has been fighting for for a while. He was scheduled to fight Matt Schnell. Obviously, that fell out because of the weight cut or the botched weight cut by Matt. Um, I think he's had a bunch of training camps behind him. He looked He's looked great in training. I think that Riviera taking this on a last-minute notice, that's where the line is. I actually like Nam to get this done. I'm going to take Nam. Okay. I, oh gosh. I know. It's a tough one. I want to take Rivera here. I feel like I'm going too opposite of you. It's going to be one of those things where we could mess around and one of us go great and one of us go really bad. But I'm going to take Rivera here. I just a guy that lost five of his last six. I don't care what you know. I know it's kind of a what have you done for me lately sport. Um, but you know it is what it is, man. I think I'm going to take I'm going to take Rivera here plus one fifty. I'm going heavy on the dogs. You know maybe it's a little bit of bias because of the fact that we've been doing well lately. But I just I'm not sold on Tyson Nam based on the fact that he loses so often, man, against UFC caliber and non-UFC caliber guys. I'm just not sold on him. Uh, but here we go. So talking about non-UFC caliber guys, TJ Laramie at 12-3, and three, taking on Derek Minner. Derek Minner at 24-11, and 11, I think has lost five in a row, six in a row. How this dude still has a job is a mystery to me, Trey. Um, you know, what, what do you think here? Because uh, he's lost five in a row. He's lost, what are we doing? Yeah, he's lost five in a row, but, I mean – Oh, I can't speak for his last four, but the fifth fight was a late, late notice fight where he just got absolutely murdered by Grant Dawson. Um, TJ, dude, he's a hot prospect out of uh, out of Canada, man. I think uh, you know he won his last fight on Dana White Contender Series. He looked he looked decent. Um, I just don't think that Derek Minner has given us any glimpse as to UFC caliber. I think that TJ, while he's extremely green, he had great technical striking in his Dana White Contender Series debut. Um, I think he's just got to ride that foundation. I just don't see any glimpse of hope for for Minner in this fight. I'm taking TJ. Yeah, I'm taking TJ here as well. I just I cannot go with a guy that's lost five in a row. Um, I know Grant Dawson, Herbert Burns, Kevin Crew, yeah. who just got that short notice win, Jordan Griffin, Fernando Padilla. You know, it, look, man, that's not that's not a list of slouch at, but I just don't, I think TJ should get this done. All right, Andre Ewell at 16 and six, taking on Irwin Rivera at 10 and five. Um, here again, man, I, I, the cards like this make me nervous because I, I start feeling a certain type of way. Erwin Rivera plus 165, Andre Ewell minus 210. I kind of like Erwin Rivera. He's really gritty. He's got a good gas tank. He hits hard. Andre Ewell does not have a good gas tank, does not like to be hit. You know, I, dude, I'm really nervous about taking so many underdogs here. Talk me out of this because I'm liking Rivera plus 165. Oh. Andre Ewell, the, the minus 210 scares the crap out of me. It should not be that deep. Um, that's 100% based on resume. You know, his losses, you can't really hang your head on the Nathaniel Wood, the Cheeto Vera. Um, it's the strength of schedule that puts him in that in that minus 210 range. I, I do think that, you know, Riviera, you know, he is one and one. Um, he's fairly well-rounded. I think these these are the types where I have to go with strength of schedule to a certain degree. Um, he's seen more. Um, he is well rounded, no gas tank, but he is very well rounded. Um, I think the technical striking and footwork, he should be able to get it out. Um, I'm going to take Andre Ewell. He's faster. He will be faster, and he'll be crisper with the hands. So if he if he starts if he starts wearing on him, you know, with the hands, he can get he can put Rivera. But Rivera is very very durable, which makes me nervous. I, Hawaiian versus Beard. I'm going to take Andre Ewell just because I'm going to go with a favorite here. I'm not betting on this fight, though. 
Yeah. Personally, I'm not betting on this fight. I always say I bet on everything I play. I'm telling you guys, I'm not betting on this fight because I'm not. I know that I'm taking a ton of underdogs. I realize that. I'm not sold on Andre Ewell. I'm going to take him for the sake of keeping things close between you and I in this contest because realistically, beating you is more important to me uh, than a lot of things. So, is uh, it? Because you haven't done it. I did it last <laughs> week. What are you talking we, about? We tied last week. Dude, that's a push. That's a push. Oh, that's a push. Okay. That's a push. You got to use betting terms. All right. <laughs> Randy Costa at five and one versus Journey Newsom at nine and two. Look, both of these guys are hot on the prospect trail. Randy Costa, uh, you know, New England cartel, if you will, uh, plus 115, taking on Journey Newsom. I, I a lot of people like Randy Costa in this fight. I don't particularly see what people are really hyped up on him about. I think Journey Newsom's going to get it done here. Minus 145, chalky play, but I'm taking it. Yeah, I think everyone's all hyped because he comes from the Lozon brother camp and everyone loves Joe Lozon. Everyone loves, um, you know, his fight IQ. I think that a massively inexperienced Costa, he's getting a little bit of clout just knowing that that's going to be in his corner. Um, he's five and one. Um, uh, Newsom is also not the most experienced. <sighs> Neither one of these guys are, 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 are giving me a tingle in my downloads, if I'm being honest with you. I'd probably stay fight. away, but I, I do I, – I'd probably you, jump on the Costa train too just because of uh, Joe Lozon in his corner. I mean, they're they're prepping him the most according way for sure. Okay, so you're going Costa here. I'm going Newsom. All right, so we're really we're really far yeah, from these saying, picks. Yeah. yeah, this is going to get really ugly. All right, next one: Sarah Alpart nine and four taking on Jessica 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 Jesse Jess Rose Clark. You already know where I'm going with this one, dude. My girl Jesse Rose Clark as a massive favorite minus two hundred. However, I'm throwing her in a parlay. Look, I know never bet women's MMA, but Jessica Rose Clark, uh, club Lil Thick. She's coming in. She's coming in ready to rock and roll, man. We haven't seen her in a while. She's healthy. She got the foot fixed. Hands look crisp. She put on a ton of weight. She's been powerlifting. She looks great, man. Jesse Jess, she's crushing this chick, Sarah Alpar, man. I'm just, I'm going Jessica Rose Clark, man. I'll, I'll take her outright at 200 and I'll probably roll her into a parlay, which I'll probably end up regretting because women's MMA, but still <laughs> minus 200, Jessica Rose Clark. And for the sake of beard versus wine, I'm taking Jessica Rose Clark. No, I'm going to jump on that train with you. And the reason I say that is exactly the point you said. She has been lifting weight. She's put on a little bit more weight. Jessica, uh, Jessica Rose Clark, she's a tad reckless, let's be honest. In the, in, in the octagon, she moves forward. She'll take a couple of punches before she lands a couple of punches. Alpar, on the other hand, we haven't seen much. Dana White contender series. Um, Clark's going to come in much, much smarter. I like her putting on a little bit more weight a little bit more durability that'll kind of surround her. Granted, she's going to cut back down to bantam weight, but I think that with that extra muscle on her, that's going to fade into her. That's going to play into her dur durability. I like Jessica uh, Rose Clark for sure. Okay. Oh boy. All right. David drove. How do you say his last name? Drovereck. All right. We'll go with Dovereck. We'll go with Dovereck at 18 and three, taking on Jordan Espinoza at 15 and seven. Uh, Dovereck at, Look, man, I know you're feeling Dovrek on this, but you know how I feel about my, my man Jordan Espinoza. It's got him at a pick him currently. I think a pick him's dead right. I think this is a super even fight. Espinoza, the wrestling, the cardio, the speed, possibly his way. Dovrek probably has the power, physicality. Uh, you could not be more wrong on you don't think? everything you just said. Dude, Espinoza's so fast, and his cardio is good, and he's got good wrestling, dude. Dude. 
Dvorak, if you watch See, you his fights, the guy <laughs> dude, I cannot say that name. Golly, I'm gonna call here instead of that, I'm just gonna call him the modern day Tarzan. This guy is a freaking psychopath. He's wild, he's careless. I mean, he's that F45 CrossFit workout guy that you're just like, dude, it is 3 a.m. This guy is psycho in your face, high energy. If you think Jordan Espinoza is fast, this guy's different. He will sprint across the cage, jump on your back, try and get a submission. If that doesn't work, he'll go right back to striking. The guy, the gas tank never goes below three quarters of the tank. Guy's insane. All right. So is that where you're going? You're going Dovrak? Yeah. 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 Those, where, do you know, do the you know flyweights, where? you got to go with the, the hyper fly monkeys, dude. Do you know where he's? Do you know where he's from? <laughs> do I know where he's from? Yeah. I, I, Russia. From the Czech Republic, bro. Okay. So I gotta Caucus go with Mountain it too. Warrior? I gotta go Dovrak too. Caucus Mountain Warriors, dude. I gotta take my Caucus Mountain Warriors, man. I have to. All right, going with going with that check, that check power. All right, let's keep things moving because we got beer money giveaway as well as a couple shout outs as well. All right. Mara Barella coming back, taking on Myra Silva. Uh, Silva at six and one, Barella at twelve and eight. Um, how are you feeling here, man? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I feel like avoiding this fight, like it, you know, like it's a bully on a playground. Uh, yeah. Silva at minus two fifty, Barella plus one ninety five. I don't know what to do here, man. Barella is more than capable of winning this fight. Women's MMA is the proverbial coin flip. I don't want to touch this fight at all. I'm taking Silva for the sake of me versus you, but damn it, I'm not betting on this fight. You couldn't pay me to bet on this fight. The only reason I wouldn't want to pay on this is the amount of pressure that's on that little Italian stallion that is Mara, uh, Mara Barella. She's on a three-fight losing skid. If you don't think the pink slip is laid just perfectly in the center of the octagon, you're out of your mind. There's so much pressure on her. Barella's going to want to go in there and try and bring this to the ground, but here's the thing. Silva's super tricky on the ground. So... Um, yes, she's green, but she's way more versed. Dude, say goodbye. Pink slips in her locker. This is over. Dude, please stop saying pink slip. I'm going to say it even more now. Please stop. No. Right. You're killing me, dude. You're killing me. You called her Italian stallion, then you said her pink slip. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, goodbye, sponsors. All right, here we go. Let's keep things moving. Dude. Who are you picking here? You picking Silva? Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. All right, featured or featured fight of the prelim, Mursad Bektik at thirteen and three, taking on Eduardo Gagori uh, at thirteen and one. This will be a fight that will not see the ground. Trey, these dudes are going to stand and bang, and for that reason and that reason only, I'm going to take with the guy that I've seen with more octagon experience and Mursad Bektik at a minus five hundred. Not betting on this at all, but Mursad Bektik taking on uh, Gagori. I'm taking Bektik for the sake of me versus you. Did you think that Bektik? Beat Dan Ige? No. No? Okay, you had Dan Ige winning that? I don't think he beat him. Like, you, you, I'm not going to – you're not going to – I can't make an argument for either – you know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those fights where somebody was like, yeah, Bectic won. All right. We say Dan Ige won. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not – I'm, I'm not going to sit there. I'm not dying on the Dan Ige hill there. Um mm -hmm. You know, we we bet on Ige in that fight. I was happy that Ige won. Mm -hmm. But the problem with fights like that when you're betting on it, I'm viewing it as everything I can to see how Ige's winning this fight. Um, but realistically, if I'm able to objectively step back and look at it, you could say Bektik won that fight. I'm not going to be mad at you about it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was on the same thing. I looked through the exact same lens. Um, 
the lens everyone's going to look through this is Bectic's got big takedowns. He's got heavy hands. To your point, though, this thing's not going to end on the grounds. Kagori's going to make this fight super fun. This is going to be fireworks on steroids. Both these guys are going to stand. They both have super, super heavy hands. He can throw that jab. He can use that footwork. Um, he could pick up the win, but it's hard for me, like you said, to go against the veteran who's seen so much through his own lens. I like Bectic in this fight. I think uh, – he should be able to get it down. I don't think this is going to the ground by any means, but I think picking him apart and utilizing his footwork should get him the uh, decision win. Perfect. All right, let's run through these real quick, and then we'll recap. We'll, we'll give some money away, and then um, we'll do a couple shout-outs, and that's it. All right, Miguel Baeza, Jeremy Wells, I'm taking Baeza. Baeza. Tyson Nam versus Jerome Rivera. I'm going to take Rivera. Taking Nam. TJ Laramie versus Derek Minner. I'm taking TJ. I'm taking TJ. Andre Ewell versus Erwin Rivera. I'm taking Andre Ewell. Andre Ewell. All right. Randy Costa versus Journey Newsom. I'm taking Newsom. Take Randy Costa. Sarah Alpar versus Jessica Rose Clark. I'm taking or I'm taking Jessica Rose Clark. Saying Jessica Rose Clark is a, it's a mouthful. I'm gonna go. It is. There. Well, here's the thing though, is that because it, here's the problem is I want to say Sarah Jessica Rose Clark <laughs> because of that that chick that was on that TV show. No, that's Sarah Jessica Parker. I understand that, but it just, I see the names together and it makes me want to say them all. So Sarah Alpar, Jessica Rose Clark. Jessica Rose Clark. There you go. David Dovrak versus Jordan Espinosa. I'm taking Dovrak. Dovrak. Mara Barella versus Myra Silva. I'm taking Silva. Silva. Bektik versus Gagori. I'm taking Bektik. Mirsard Bektik. Even though I believe they, they, it's actually pronounced Bektich, Bektich, as if there's a, a CH on there for whatever reason. All right, man. Uh, let's do let's do a beer money giveaway. We've got 94 entries into the beer money Rolodex, if you will. Um, if you want to be eligible to win beer money, all you have to do is leave us a review on iTunes, uh, preferably five stars. Uh, but everything is chosen randomly. So if you can't leave us a review on iTunes, shoot us a message via Instagram and say, hey, man, I can't, but I would love to be part of it, and we'll gladly add you to the list. Currently got 94 names on there. Trey, I'm just going to go ahead and hit the random generator here. Uh, I've been working on this for a while, and now here we are. So uh, let's go ahead and randomly generate a name. And the winner, winner, chicken dinner of beer money this week is... PVT detect, PVT detect. So, right. PVT detect. All you can do is reach out to us on Instagram and let us know that you are the beer money winner, and we'll send you some money, cash app or Venmo. If you are not the uh, of the age that you can drink legally, just bet. Um, yeah. And if you can't bet because you're like a kid, you shouldn't be listening to my show anyway. So, um, <laughs> go do something with yourself. All right, man. Do you want to shout out a couple people that have been supporting the show this week heavily? Shout out to our boys down under. That was a horrible Australian accent. I apologize for that. You guys are better than that. You deserve better than that. Um, the the boys at the Run It Back podcast, um, consistently supportive of the show, always doing what they can to help spread the word for us, and consistently, uh, you know, are in our corner no matter what we're doing and putting out. I appreciate you guys. I value you as colleagues. And they also made our little complete fire edit uh, thumbnail for this episode. So that was that was made by them. Appreciate you guys very, very much. We're going to have to get the time difference down one of these days because it's like Wednesday in the afternoon there now. But we should get a bunch of Australian guys on here to talk about fighting. I think that would be an absolute hoot. Let's do it. Yeah, let's have some 3 a.m. Vegemite, throw back some brewskis. Let's do it. <laughs> 
I'm going to drink the beer. I'm not going to eat the Vegemite. Um, but yeah, so shout out to the Run It, Run it Back podcast. Um, it's an Australian MMA-based podcast. They're actually hilarious, and their editing is second to none, exactly. uh, whether it's visually or audio. They're absolutely, absolute killers. Shout out to Lunch Money Podcast. They consistently promote us as well. Same thing with the Combat Hour. Um, you know, If you guys are looking for alternative news sources outside of the main, which is the lane that we exist in, those are excellent resources where you can find guys that do their homework, that know what the hell they're talking about, just like we do. Um, if you don't follow us already, please do so on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, at PunchListMMA. And if you like us, hate us, or just want to say what's up, shoot us an email at chat at PunchListMMA.com. Trey, this is normally when I give you your time to really go in on something, but you got that at the beginning of the show. So do you have anything left in your tank? Just want to do three more shout outs. One for a news source, guys. Check out at MMA Heads. They're a big supporter of this podcast as well. And mm-hmm. then for all those that uh, listen and support the show, we've got some awesome guys. Jared, Sean, shout out to you guys. Thank you for always waving the punchless flag. Follow us on all social channels, everyone. Yeah. And uh, absolutely, one more time, thanks to everybody that sent in screenshots of Taylor winning on Friday night. Um, Sent all those directly to Taylor. He was beyond stoked about it. Going to be looking to have him back on the show next week. Drew Dober coming back on the show next week. We will have uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Drew Dober. Listen, we are going to be doing stuff all week promoting that show Fan questions, imperative. Let's wave the flag. Let's get this chat full for next week. So that way Drew's already agreed he's going to do a Q&A on the show with the chat next week. So it'll be a little bit of us interviewing him, a little bit of him talking about his fight with Diego. But he wants people in the chat asking questions because he wants to do a Q&A. So tell everybody that you possibly can. Let's get them in here. Let's get a good turnout. Let's get those questions firing. Also, last but not least, Trey. Oh, yeah. you got something to say about Drew? Go ahead. No, I was just wondering, like, being that he never wears a shirt for that live episode, should we go shirtless too? You can go shirtless. <laughs> I'm going to keep my shirt on. Uh, but okay. yeah, for sure. If you want to go shirtless, absolutely. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do the opposite. I'll, I'll go pantsless. Oh, dude. I'll go, I'll go Sam's pants. Always trying so, to be the top dog. Okay. Listen, you got to assert dominance some way. So we'll do it like that. Um, if you guys have enjoyed everything, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you don't do so already, please like, share, um, and, and, and do what you can. And the best way to support the show is by supporting our sponsors, Legion's Clothing and uh, Stay Classy Meat. So really appreciate them. Big news on the horizon. Hopefully, announce that next week as well in conjunction with the Drew. Uh, Dober interview again. Tell everybody about that and shout out to show producer Jake, who's been running behind the scenes this week. Appreciate you, Jake. All right, guys, be good to each other. Uh, If you got any questions, feel free to hit us up. If not, we'll talk to you on Saturday as well. Take care. And uh, I already said it. So be good to each other. All right. We'll see you. Peace.